You're listening to audio from the Town Center campus of CA Church, located in downtown Coquitlam. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. We're glad to have you guys in church with us this morning. Now, let me ask you this question, and I'm, I'm asking this mostly to people who in our midst who are 15 or younger. If you were given two or three hours in the home, in the house, by yourself, what would you do with those two or three hours? What would you do, Caleb? Watch hockey. You'd watch hockey. Yeah, I knew it. What else would we do with our time? Parents are leaving. They're going to be out for a few hours. You can do whatever you want. Watch TV. Never heard of it. Yes, watch TV. Absolutely. I'm not forcing. This is, these are alpha rules. I'm not going to point to anyone else. Play Nintendo. Kicking it old school. I like it. Right on. Fantastic. Yeah, buddy. Netflix. Wow. And all, all the adults are going, oh, we would never. We would never, ever do that. Well, I thought of a few options of what you might. Maybe you'll pull all your toys out. We got some shots up there. There we go. It's not quite a. It's not quite the toy order. Toy NATO that I've seen before, but not bad. Toy NATO is one I heard this week. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> toy NATO, yeah. Um, or maybe uh, maybe you just go straight to the couch jumping. Always a, a classic. It's a good one. Maybe you would uh, start a band. I've done that one, and those pots do not look that long for look that good for very long. Maybe you'll start your uh, your makeup tutorial YouTube channel. Looking good. I think that's how how you're Batman. Actually, that's the exact opposite of Batman. Uh, maybe you would just pull out all your candy. That kid looks like he's already eaten half of that, judging by the, the terror in his eyes. Or maybe you just spend some quality time with your friends. Netflix, Netflix, YouTube. When I, was, uh, when I was about 12, I used to love it when my parents would say, we're going out for a little while. In fact, if they weren't going out very often, I would say to my dad, you know, it looks like mom could use a date. You should probably, why don't you guys? And whenever they, they left, and they, they, would, they would give me some, some obvious instruction that uh, I couldn't just watch TV for four hours. I couldn't, there was no Netflix, but I couldn't just watch TV. And I love, like Friday nights were, come on, different strokes, Facts of Life, Night Rider. Come on. It was so good. You guys don't know what you're missing. Um, but there were rules. I, could, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't uh, invite friends over. I couldn't spend those four hours. I should probably read a book. I should probably explain. So a book is something we had before iPads. Um, I do recall one of my children, one of them that's not here. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, that, would, that tried to scroll a book once. And then they threw it down because they thought the batteries weren't working. So that's, if that's happening, there, there's a problem there. And we should introduce more books into our kids' lives. But I, I used to love it when my, when my parents would, would go away for the night. And I, I would, not for the night, but for, for a couple hours. And I would usually, I'd make a pot of, uh, of craft dinner. I'd get some candies out. And I would just plop in front of, of the TV. Now, the, the problem was, when I, when I would try to do that is, first of all, you know what that is? That's a TV. It's probably about the size of your fridge that you have right now. 
size of a couch. That's what TVs looked like when I was a kid. And I was, that one looks like it's been destroyed. Uh, looks like the bulb is out. But uh, I used to, um, this is what I would do. I would listen for my parents' car. I'd play the, the TV volume. It would be quiet enough that I would listen for my parents' car. And the minute I heard the car, I would turn the TV off and put my head down and pretend I was sleeping. That's one of the reasons why my generation has invented the Tesla, actually, so, so kids can't hear the car coming up. But so they just listen through the door. Now, here's the problem. That TV is made of a giant light bulb. And those of you who are my age know what would happen. Those were basically a small engine. <laughs> and if you've been watching it for a while, it heated up like crazy. So my dad would walk in the house, and if I, I might have been throwing it on a little extra, I'd throw a little snoring in, so it would sound like I'd been out for a while. And then my dad would walk in the front door, he'd put his hand on top of the television and go, you've been watching TV, you're in trouble, go to bed. He would know exactly what was going on. That was the problem with the TVs back in that day. But... That, so that was, that was my big problem. Even though I was pretending to sleep, even though it looked to anyone else that I'd been sleeping for a while, he, he knew what was going on. In, in, the, in the story that I want to tell you today, or some of the words that Jesus shares, he, he's talking to his friends about a day that he's going to return, about a day that he's going to come back. And you can imagine, if you're hanging out with a friend, much like Jesus' friends, we're hanging with Jesus for three years, and he says, okay, I'm going to go away and I'll come back, you would probably have some questions. Where are you going? which they asked, how long are you going to be? How will we know when you're going to come back? And this is what he says. Jesus responds, and we have it in, in Mark chapter 13, verse 12. He says, about that day, that day that I'm going to come back, about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, him, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert, you do not know what time it will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge. Each of them, their assigned task, and tells one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. When I say to you, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Let's pray. Jesus... Please teach us about your heart for us through these words. Please teach us about your longing to, to, to be with us and be in relationship with us. And teach us how to properly wait. Amen. What Jesus is saying to his friends is that be, he's saying, be ready for me to come around the corner at any moment. I could show up at any moment. It may be today, it might be tomorrow, but it will happen. See, for me, I always ask my parents, how long are you going to be away? Because if my parents are going to be away for two minutes, I can't get in a lot of trouble. If they say we'll be away for two hours, I can make a mess and give myself some time to get ready for it. Or if I hear them, I can quickly push everything under my bed or under the couch and try to clean it up very quickly. But it, I was always very interested in how long they were going to be because that would tell me how I can act while they're away. It makes a difference. One of the very important things we believe as Christians is that Jesus is coming back one day. That's what it means. That's why we sit here and that's why we worship because we are anticipating him coming back. And we believe he will come back because he's already come back once. Jesus went to death for you and I. He went to the cross for you and I. And his disciples thought it was over. His friends thought it was completely over, yet he came back. So we can believe that Jesus is coming back again because he's already done it. 
He's already proven that nothing can hold him back. So we can trust that. The first, parent, first time my parents left me alone, I was concerned. Have any of you done that? Remember the first time your parents ever had to run out for something and you were like, when are they, they going to be back? Are you texting them? Are you almost home? That's a pretty common one. The first time my parents went away, there were no cell phones. It was just me waiting and trusting that they were going to come back. Please, please come home. Well, because they came back the first time, I had a lot more faith the second time that they would not leave me at home and come back. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. So you can, or what we can believe is that we know Jesus will come back because he's already proven that he can come back, that nothing can hold him down. So we can be rest assured. So we believe that Jesus is coming back again because he already has. Have you ever had to wait really long for something that you wanted? Yeah? What's something that you've really wanted and your parents said, oh, you're going to wait for that? What's that? An entire day they made you wait? Unbelievable. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to your mom afterwards. Yeah, what did you have to wait for? All right, well, that's a good story. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, when I open it up, we have to be prepared for whatever word we're going to hear this morning, all right? Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. It used to be that when we had to wait for things, it, was, it wasn't Amazon coming the next day, that if I, wanted to, if I wanted to get something, I would have to write a letter to the people who would give it to me and send them a check, and then it would go to them, and I'd have to wait several weeks for it to get to them, and I would have no, I had no way of tracking it, and then I'd have to wait another month, maybe two, maybe three, and hope that the thing that I ordered and that I sent money for was actually going to show up to my house. That's what waiting is like. The, the Amazon age, we don't know, we don't, we don't know what, what waiting is like. So we don't know when Jesus is going to come back again, but it, there's a great feeling. My, my wife was waiting for, uh, Lelania was waiting for something uh, yesterday at our house, and we were waiting for it to come, waiting for it to come, and then we saw the Amazon truck outside. Oh, it was a surprise. I turned my head, and there it was. Oh, it's beautiful. Jesus is saying, Jesus says, we don't know, you don't know when I'm going to return, but live like it's today. You might not know when I'm going to return, but live like it will be today. He says something really, something really good is coming. I'm going to come back one day. Make sure you are ready. Don't tire out. Do not spend your time on things that are not important. Live a life like you are expecting me, not like you've forgotten me. I am going to come at any moment. You're going to turn, and I will be there. Now, there was a, there was a, a way I would spend my time when my parents were away, if I wanted to make them happy. There are things I could have done in the house when my parents were away that when they came in the door, I knew they were going to have a smile on their face. What are some things we could do? So, in case, so, so some of the parents were upset that I was giving ideas like couch jumping and things like that. Now we're on the flip side. What are some things we can do before our parents get home that we know is going to make them have a smile on their face when they get home? Chores. What are some chores that you do? It's like your, your whole face went down when you said that. The dishwasher. You got the right answer, and then you were sad that you got the right answer. What are some other things we can do? Vacuum. Vacuums are really good. So really, you know, vacuuming is one of the best things anyone could ever do for me. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, that's my daughter. <laughs> 
yeah, so there's things that, that we could do. And there's things that, that, that I would do for my parents, things like clean, clean the kitchen, vacuum, things like that, always being ready. How do, we, how do we live if we know Jesus could come at any moment? We turn our, turn our head, and there Jesus is coming around the corner. There's a certain way that we will live. Jesus is saying, live that way. That's the way that we are supposed to live. That's what I would do for my parents. That's what we ought to do for Jesus. There's a way that Jesus has asked us to do that. Well, we live and we wait for his return. And what I love is that Jesus makes it really easy. When Jesus asks us to live in a way that we would be expecting him, to live in a way that pleases him and pleases the Father, he says two things. He says, while we wait, love him and love each other. Love him and love each other. In Matthew 22, 37 to 39, Jesus says this to his friends. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love that because a lot of people think that the Bible is just a whole list of rules, and those people aren't usually very happy people. When they just look at the Bible, not as a love letter, not as God revealing his heart to us, but simply see the Bible as a bunch of rules. Have you ever met someone who thinks that the Bible is just a bunch of rules? Those aren't usually the happiest people at the party. In fact, they often don't get invited to the party. <laughs> Jesus makes it, I, I, I'm a simple person. I like simple, simple ways to, to, to follow Jesus. Love God and love each other. It makes it really easy. So, we love God, and what are some ways that we can love God? Basically, my crowd is right here, so that's why I keep walking over here. What are some ways we can love God? I'll open it up to the adults. What are some ways we can love God? Praise him. Worship him. Offer him worship. He is worthy to be praised. Read the Bible. Read his words to us, right? If, if you wrote a, a long letter to somebody and they looked at it and they, they put it aside, that, <laughs> I got your letter. Did you read my letter? <laughs> no, it's on the, yeah, we can, we can read the Bible. We can learn more about his beautiful story like we do when we're in, we're in Sunday school. We worship him together. We spend time in church. But the other side is that we love other people the way God loves us, so we show mercy. We show forgiveness. We, we often pray the Lord's Prayer, and we ask that his kingdom would come here. Well, we can actually be expressions of that kingdom. When people say, well, what is that kingdom? They should be able to look at us and go, oh, that's the kingdom. The way you love each other, the way you forgive, the way you show mercy, the way you have patience. That's, that's how we prepare. That's how we live for Jesus as we wait for him. A long time ago, there was a, a kind of a, a tradition mostly in Ireland, but in other areas of Europe, that people would take a candle and they would put it in their window. And there, there's a few reasons they would put it in their window. One of the reasons was it was to let people who were wandering and maybe lost be able to see their ways so that they would be able to walk down the road because there was no electricity. One of the other things is when they put it in a window, it would let strangers know that they were welcome there. Are you traveling and are you tired we will show you accommodation, we'll show you hospitality, and we will show you love. So it was, a, it was a, an expression of their heart to love other people. But one of the other reasons that people would put candles in their window was because they were remembering a loved one and hoping they would return. So they would put it in their window, and they would be reminded of that person. They'd pray for that person. And when that person walked up the street and saw the candle, they would say, they've been waiting for me. They've been waiting for me. 
One of the, the things that we'd like to, to do for the, the kids today is I, I want to invite you guys to, we'll have a bag for you afterwards that has one of these candles in it. Guys, as Christians, the person that we are most excited to see face-to-face, the person we're most excited to have knock on our door and say, I'm back, is Jesus. It's not just for the kids, that's for all of us. We, this is what we are anticipating, and we should pray for him to come. The Bible says we should live life as if he's coming today, as if we're going to pull up to our front door, and he's like, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> That's how we should be. Li- how are we going to talk to each other on the way home if we think Jesus is going to be waiting for us? <laughs> how are we going to act in our living room if, if we feel Jesus is just about to knock on the door? How are we going to act in our workplace? How are we going to work, act in our thought life if we think Jesus is just about to step in? So what I want to invite you to do with these candles is I want you to invite. Now, again, parents, they're not real candles. so. <laughs> but I want to invite you to put them maybe in your kitchen window. Maybe put them in your bedroom window. Maybe in your dining room window, living room. And every once in a while, I think you should light it. And you should pray and say, Jesus... I can't wait until you come. We're so excited for you to come and remind us to live lives like you're coming today. There's an awesome word in the Bible. It's only used once. The word is Maranatha. Maranatha. Everyone say Maranatha. It's a really cool word, and it basically means Jesus, hurry up. Jesus, come now. Maranatha. It's a wonderful word, and it puts three into one. It's really cool. Jesus, come quickly. And we want Jesus to come quickly because there's this great promise in Scripture that describes what it's going to be like when Jesus comes. It's in Revelation 21. Is it not up there? I knew if I turned back to you, it was going to pop there immediately. Revelation 21 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, this is what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back. God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain, for that old th- all those old things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne, that's Jesus, says, I'm making everything new. That's going to be a great day. There'll be no more bullying. There'll be no, no more online danger. No more horrible stories on the news. No more stories about aunts and uncles and parents and grandparents who are sick. No more of that. Not when Jesus comes around the corner. Not when Jesus returns. Maranatha. Jesus quickly come. That is the hope of every person in this room who calls Jesus their Savior. He is the friend that is returning. And so we can believe he's returning. We can believe he's coming back again because he's already done it. He came back from the grave. He came back from death. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we should live like it'll be today. And while we wait, we need to love him through worship, through prayer, through reading scriptures, through being in community in in our church family and loving each other. This is how we want to wait for Jesus. We don't want to wait for Jesus the way I waited for my parents, which was, they're here. And then I'd kick things under the couch or I'd throw things in the dishwasher, shove things in the closet and push it away, clean up my dishes. That's not how we want to wait for Jesus. We want to wait for Jesus in a way that he walks in and he goes, ah, you've been waiting for me. And we open the door and we embrace him 
and we cry on his shoulder because we are so happy our friend has returned. We want, it, we want him to return with a candle waiting in our heart for him, with a candle in our window. To say, make your home with me. We have been waiting and we are so glad, Jesus, that you are here. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys this morning. Let's pray. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up and they'll, they'll lead us in, in a, a final song. God, thank you so much. Thank you for the way you love us. Thank you for the way you've revealed yourself to us. You have not been silent. You've given us the Bible, which is like a love letter from you. But mostly you've shown us what you're like through Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for your deep love for us, your deep love that sent you to a cross where you expressed your love, your desire to save us. We thank you for the power that you've showed by bursting out of the grave three days later. It's because of that event that we can point to on a map, that we can point to in, in, in history, that the church has been crying out for 2,000 years, Maranatha, we believe you're going to come because what you've already proven of yourself and of your power. And so, Jesus, as we await you, we are going to light a candle in our hearts, waiting for you to return, excited that you will return. And as we express the light that you've put in our hearts, help us to be bold and loving and merciful, gracious and kind, forgiving to the world around us so that the light that you've put in us would burst out of us and people would say, I want to wait for this king too. He is a good king. I pray that the peace and the joy and the hope that you've placed in us would be expressed in our lives today and this week and until you return. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.